Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, please be aware there will be spoilers for Kasai-san and Morning Glories, as well as the manga. Use caution in case there is a series you probably haven't finished yet. Finally, the opinions expressed belong to those of the individual participants, and they do not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Also, be aware that there will be lots of squeeing from myself, because I am very much gay and a girl and Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the show where we let our feelings about anime and English dubs bloom into you, adorable little listener. Winter is fading, and soon the smell of citrus shall return to us once again. The sakura blossoms shall trick you once more to gazing at their beauty. The strawberries shall ripen as you panic to pick the right one for your nearest and dearest, your cutiest honey, and try to solve their riddle story of devil at risk of not being pelted with their Yuri Kuma Arashi? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Konohana Kitan? Valkyrie? That was good okay, until fuck the it. end. Okay, I give up. Lesbians! New, lesbians. Ga- new game. We're here new game. to talk about lesbians. That's what we're here. <laughs> Specifically, talking about Shoujo Eye, also known as Yuri Anime. But more specifically, a particular one. A... A story I'm very fond of, both of the manga adaptation and of the anime OVA movie. Courtesy of Sentai Filmworks, director Takia Sato, original mangaka Hiromi Takashima, and Studio Zex. We're going to be talking about the English dub for Kase-san and Morning Glories. <laughs> Joining me to talk about this lovely little anime are two equally as lovely ladies from Dub Talk. Gigi. Hello, friends. And Zenith. Hey, everybody. I'm Zenith Warrior Princess, and this was just so damn gay and cute, and I loved it, and it was... Yeah, I loved it. Those were like a lot of horse whinny noises you were just making there. It's, it's like called that. a squee. It's, it's like a Twitter feed that Chris shows me all the time in human noises for anime girls. Oh, the, the inhuman anime noises yeah. thing. The, it I is... love that. It's so funny. Riyamu. <laughs> that's my, that's the end. That's all we need out of life. It's called a squee. And it was what I was saying during the entire thing because... They're just so adorable and disaster gay, and I love it. Oh boy, are they ever. So, I actually have a lot of attachment to this one in particular. But, first and foremost, a thing to mention about tonight's episode. This was a patron pick. Ooh. This was a Patreon, this was a Patreon requested episode by our p- lovely Patreon and friend to the podcast, Jacob Wilson. Oh uh, yeah, my boy. 
thank you very much for requesting this one, Jacob. Thank this you. has been this is admittedly one I've been wanting to talk about in some form, but wasn't sure when I was gonna find the time or right opportunity to do so. But the time is here and the time is now. So let's talk about what Kase-san and Morning Glories is, and let's first start with a synopsis. Courtesy of the back of the Blu-ray. <laughs> Courtesy of the yeah, back of the box. Currently of the back of the box, <laughs> yes. Sorry. I just made a pun in my head and it was really bad. Oh, come on, Gigi. You're in front of the class now. You might as well share with the rest. Courtesy yeah. of the back, the back of the booty. Of the, box. the booty. Whoop whoop, pull up that ass too fat. Whoop whoop, pull up that ass too fat. I'm going home. Before you go home, let's hear what the show is about, because this is going to be a fun time. For everything, there is a season. A relationship is like a garden. It's hard, really hard, to plant the initial seeds. Once you've gone through the agonizing process of wondering if the other person even likes you, fought the fear that telling her could destroy everything, and made your confession, the most difficult part begins. Because you have to keep nurturing this wonderful new feeling to keep it growing, not just in your own heart, but in hers. And since even the most beautiful rose can cut you to the bone with its thorns, who can you talk to for advice? Especially when you're both girls in high school. For Shai Yamada and boyish Kase, time is running out. High school is coming to an end, and they must make a choice. Stay together and let their love grow, or separate and let it die in Kase-san and Morning Glories. That's a really good summary. Holy shit. That summary just summarized the first two minutes of the anime and the last two minutes of the anime. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it is adorable, it is touching, it is nurturing, it is dramatic. It's, oh my god, it's great. The, what happened okay. to the middle? The the other thing to note is that this is this is an anime that I kept seeing gifs of on Twitter, like with her in the cell phone and like a giddy on the bed, and I'm like, that's me without ever seeing the anime. And I was watching, and I'm like, that is still me. <laughs> so, I'd like to actually go into a little bit of what Kase-san is, because it has kind of an interesting history, especially when it comes to the anime production too. Believe it or not, um. Kase-san is a manga series that originally started in August of 2010, kind of stopped for a little while, and the main series of it kind of finished in 2017. There's only about five volumes of it in particular, but all of them are kind of like... Kase-san as a series is kind of a bunch of self... It's kind of a chronological story, but a lot of the chapters are very slice-of-life, self-contained. Sometimes they go back in time a little, back to before they're dating. Sometimes it's after they're dating. The anime production is kind of interesting in and of itself, because, believe it or not, it actually started out as, like... I believe it was the brainchild of a director who really, really wanted to do it and found a couple of passionate people who really wanted to get together to make it, which would be the character designer and a couple other people who actually got together to make a music video. Because the original anime for Kase-san was like a three to five minute music video that actually you see a little bit of in the OVA. It's basically the music video goes into 
the manga content and story of before they officially get together and I think ends with them officially like hooking up and having their first kiss in the nurse's bed. You see a little bit of that play out at the very beginning of this OVA, but that, that music video was extremely popular not only in Japan but overseas, and they managed to successfully get a OVA feature film. I say OVA feature film because it is kind of a movie, but lengthwise it is more of like a OVA. And I think it was played in theaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's it's an hour long. It's long enough, but you know, you can definitely see it being broken down into like two parts. Even still, like I love this. I love every single bit of it, and it's just it's so cute that it made me melt. And I'm I'm one of those who usually doesn't like you know slice of life ty- slice of life type stuff. But the way they present it here, the way everything is brought together is just wonderful. Um, Especially because a lot is told without dialogue. Yeah, the thing about this particular anime is that it is very much... Like, you can tell, like, there is more story to be told. But the, the story they were able to tell, and you could just feel it you could feel the people that are working on this particular production they are giving it all their love care and passion and in that entire hour of anime you really get to see it shine in some really fantastic uh visual imagery uh shot composition choreography just it is just a labor of love Mm -hmm. one i honest to god thought was never going to be brought over here proper because Back in the year 2018, uh, a little-known company called Pony Canyon USA was a thing. Shocked. I was shocked when I yeah, saw they... that at the beginning. I was like, are you joking? Yeah, there was a time where Pony Canyon USA was licensing anime in the USS... In the USS. In the <laughs> USA. The USSR... This show would not fly in the USSR by any goddamn means. I think Putin would have a stroke. Stop! Uh, anyways. It is too gay, five me, why? <laughs> anyways, I'm going out of tangent. Basically, I legitimately thought this was never going to be brought over, so at Anime Next, not Anime Next, Anime NYC of 2018, Pony Canyon had a screening at their, at their panel in Japanese that I got to watch, and that's how I thought I was only ever going to consume it, was through that, uh, screening at a convention. Given, like, a year later, one of the secret announcements at a Sentai Filmworks industry panel, they announced, Oh, hey, we just licensed the Kase-san and Morning Glories over, and we're gonna give it an English fucking dub. And I got- I was literally at my nephew's place that day, and I'm just playing with my nephews. I look at my phone, I'm like, I see I got five notifications. I'm like, why did- why did I get so many notifications? And then I saw it was the Kazakhstan announcement. I'm like, oh my fucking god! <laughs> Holy shit! I have only one thing to say. Thank you, thank you very much. I want to own this. I don't own it, but now I do. I just saw this for the first time today, and I was squeeing so goddamn hard, it's... Legitimately, you should buy this, because at most, you will find this Blu-ray for, like, $20. At most. Like, Sentai has a lot of good sh- good sales. If you need a good cart topper and something that's really good quality and relatively cheap, 
This is probably going to be under $20 if you end up buying it. It is absolutely worth... It's worth at least $30 to $35 to me. That's a goddamn steal. Not only that, but it has... Like, I don't know if we're ever going to get a Season 2 of Bloom Into You. I really hope we do. But this has a much more definitive conclusion and, and shows things happening. Um, I, I think Bloom Into You is, is better in terms of the characters have a bit more flaws, but if you're looking for something cute and wonderful that actually wraps things up very wonderfully, get this. Alright. Anyways, I will say, the interesting thing about this OVA is that it is several chapters throughout a couple of different volumes, kind of all put together into one full package. And... As a package, it's pretty interesting, and I would like to talk about it. But now that I've gushed over the my personal history with Kase-san as a manga, as my experience with fearing that we would never get the anime, and now I can sing the praises of the English dub from Sentai Filmworks. And who better to start with when it comes to English dubs than the ADR director and scriptwriter for this anime. So... I'd, I'd ask if we had any predictions, but I feel like as soon as I saw this was going to get announced for a dub at <laughs> Sentai Filmworks, Jeez. I had only one person in mind. There's only one person it should ever be. I think there's a couple other people, but at least when it comes to Sentai Filmworks, you got one guy. That guy, <gasps> as far as our director, is David Wald. As for his partner in crime, when it comes to script writing, we have the lovely Marissa Lenti to back him up. Yay, my favorite duo. As for as a duo, both David and Marissa have directed and written such shows as Bloom Into You, Tata Never Falls in Love, and Love Stage. Yay. David Wald has all. That is what they've worked on together. David Wald has also directed such things as Cutie Honey Universe and Hitorijime My Hero. And Marissa Lenti has also written on other projects like Armed Girls Machiavellianism and This Boy Suffers from Crystallization. Which, if I recall correctly, I think David Wald actually stars in that one. No, he is in the other one. This boy is a professional wizard and he's one of the side guys. Is he? Mm-hmm. Uh, this These squirrels are starting to get is, a little uh, bit weird. Is Rye McKeon and uh, Damon? Oh, okay. I could have. I, I knew. I knew he was in one of them. I thought it was crystallization. Nope, he's but, in the other okay. one. Dub talk. I'm, I'm. I'm just saying, but these titles are starting to get a little bit weird. Oh, which which one in particular? Because you haven't even you haven't even heard some of the really long isekai names. Those uh, are the those are the real isekai. bad ones. Isekais are weird, and I love some of them, but shorten your titles. God this damn is, it! The This Boy series is a series that's currently ongoing in Japan. There's, I believe, four. Four OVAs and a light and a radio drama. But anyway, that's for another episode. Let's talk about girls. Oh my gosh, I never thought I'd say that. Girls. So, Gigi, Gigi, since I am amazed to hear you say the words, let's talk about girls, <laughs> I would like you to start us off. 
Of course, my darling. Uh, well. Oh, thank you very much, madam. <laughs> Pleasure. So, Kaze-san really is such a pure and wholesome love story, um, especially compared to other titles that are kind of in the LGBTQ plus umbrella. Um, a lot of them have excessive fan service um, or problematic themes. We see them in, I want to generalize a good 80% of the anime that's Yuri or Yaoi or BL or Shonen Ai, however you want to call it. Um, but here it's... Like even, even ones... Either ones that are popular favorites. There's a couple of things in there where it's like, eee. Yeah. But uh, there's nothing problematic about this. There's no excessive fan service. It's just pure and wholesome and a freaking sugar-coated treasure. Um, so when I heard David Wald was slated to direct this, I was like, okay, this is going to be like love stage Part two, the other side, because you know he's going to put all the love and care in the world in it, because this is his jam. Um, the casting in this was perfect. The tone of the dub felt light. And I know that's a whole theme of the anime, like everything. I, th I think I read in one of the articles, it was called like only light or something to do with light. Um, although like towards the end, there's like a slightly darker problem that happens, but it's not... It's not like a dark problem. It's just like, oh, this is where the sad part comes in, you know? Um, There's no NTR of any kind. What does NTR God. mean? Wait, wait, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. N NTR is netarare, which is cheating on your significant other. Oh. It's GG, I... I I'm actually blown away that you did not know what NTR was. Well, I'm a very loyal girl. I don't cheat on anyone. I feel really bad no. that I'm cheating on Kamu right now with my actual boyfriend, but that's beside the point. Well, thank you. You know what, Gigi? Look, I, I, we've thrown some shade at you. Thank you for being a very, very good girl who is not into NTR. In All I'm going to say is there are some wonderful... There are some wonderful, fantastic doujin artists out there that you can immediately kill any and all interest for me when I see the title NTR. I see that NTR tag. It's like, nope, 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 nope. Right. Zenith says NTR is no good. <laughs> well, that being said, this this whole anime and the way the dub was directed, it's just a treasure. Um, especially in the moments where the characters have like little pieces of self-discovery which I found really kind of touching because I mean like in th in practice and in like theory this could have been a very hard subject to to broach but you don't see anything different about this story or these characters than if it were uh, heterosexual romance it, you don't see anything different about it and that's what I love the most about it um, Marissa's writing, like I just said, this is just a love story. There's no pretense and that I love it so much because they don't differentiate it from any other story just because it's Yuri, you know, they don't play weird, well, not weird. They don't play lesbian jokes for laughs. Like they don't turn it into some kind of like comedy or like looking down on 
anyone for whatever it is they do. They don't do that. Everything is played and written. Um, I hate to say it, but straightforward. Um, and it's only different because of the situations the characters get into. Like, um, one of them was changing in front of uh, someone else. I was going to say, yeah, it's like you have the discussion of like, you're both girls, so you can both enter like a a bath like a bathhouse changing room and see each other naked. Exactly. It's all it's all situational. Um and I think it was all handled really well. Um there was only one line that actually brought up the fact that two girls were dating in the whole thing and that was she's the first person The very first line. No, she's the first person I've ever gone out with. That's more important than the fact that we're both girls. And I think that mm. line just transcends through the whole dub. Like no one cares. I mean, not that no one cares because everybody cares about these characters, but I mean, like, there's nothing different about them than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? And I, that's the way that mm -hmm. I look at all people. So that's it just it made me very happy to hear this theme like permeating through the whole script and through the whole direction. And it just made me very happy. It's sweet and pure and wonderful. It's my little treasure and I love it. Mm -hmm. All right. Zen Zenny. Let me hear your thoughts about this one. I just I just think this is pure and wholesome and, and wonderful, and I could not stop squeeing. And I think one thing that, that really nails down why I like this is because it gets relationships so well when they're talking on the phone and each one is blushing and, and awkward and not understanding how to do this because it's their first relationship, but they love each other. And the, the misunderstandings and... And, like, the little things just work so well to make this, uh, it's such a realistic romance. And, like Gigi said, they don't really treat it like it's a lesbian romance. It's just, it's a thing that happens. When her friend finds out that she's in a romance, she doesn't really say anything. She's supportive. She She's just like, oh, I thought so. It's okay. And, and like, she tries to help them get together and stay together. There, there's never a point where anyone makes any any jokes or, or the the fact that they're in a lesbian relationship isn't brought into question and I think just it's 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 a pure form of love. I was rooting for them the entire time and a, a big strength of the film is that I really got to know them as characters in such a short amount of time and wanted them to succeed. I think a lot of this is to do with the script writing and directing. They just, I loved, like, you know I love Bloomin' to You. Bloomin' to You is one of my favorite anime and my favorite dubs, and they just did a perfect job here. I can't think of any other um, way to put it because nothing I felt was out of place, nothing was distracting, nothing was bad, and I just kept squeeing through the entire thing. It was wonderful. Hmm. Well said. I think the very interesting thing about this particular dub is that both David and Marissa have proven themselves to be an extremely reliable, a reliable team when it comes to very different types of shows. Uh, Bloomin' to You, Tata, Never Falls in Love, and Love Stage are all very similar but very different in a lot of different ways. And they all convey kind of a genuinely 
wide spectrum of emotions when it comes to comedy, when it comes to gut-wrenching drama, when it comes to the last, when it comes to the romantic tension and the confessions and the intimate parts, you know. You know the ones. Gigi, you've probably seen the Love Stage OVA. Oh, have I ever seen the Love Stage OVA? When it Anyways, comes uh, to the bed scenes, oh my god, I'm so glad because that's my favorite part of Bloom and to you. And they actually had it in this OVA and I'm just like, mm. I, I remember watching that scene in a convention room, in a convention crowd, and everybody was like, oh, this is getting spicy. I like this. I, I'm not going to lie. Fuck that one guy I who was blocking was... In the subtitles with his head, though. Fuck that one guy in particular. <laughs> I thought it was just wonderful. It was, it was, like, it was sexy, but in a way that was not, like, overt. And, like, I loved it. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, I hear you, like, biting your finger right now as you're talking about this. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's about right. But, no, the thing I'm saying is that Marissa and David are an extremely <laughs> reliable tag team when it comes to doing anime, when it comes to different sorts of emotions, comedy, drama, and romance. It's a very interesting, capable team. I think the script itself is a little more subdued in this one, where it doesn't... I wouldn't say there's a lot of lines that stand out, but I think when it comes to, like, the big emotional moments and the big like emotional confessions and trying to confess and convey how you're feeling they do a really good authentic job of making those lines work as far as the direction you're working with a core cast of three people you have a couple other little extras here and there you're working with three people so you gotta make sure those three people are really good at what they bring to the table and i think david wald got a really good cast of people to bring to the table. He got them to be very vulnerable, very erotic at times, very goofy. Like, you said they're both disasters, where it's like, yeah, you assume Yamada's the disaster until you see the cool, suave, <laughs> handsome Kase. She's as much, if not more, of a fucking disaster, and it's great. Especially when they're on the phone, and she's like, so we're gonna, gonna go on dates, right? And she... Gets so embarrassed, she falls off her bed. Oh, and she's like, oh, God. Oh, shit, this is happening. And, yeah. No, I think David does an exceptional job bringing a lot of different emotions out of the core cast. And I think the actual cast he got, not a lot of... These three people are not regulars as far as the Houston voiceover area. And I think that's really interesting because he had certain... He had certain voices and actresses in mind when it came to this project. And he's like, I want you here. And he got them. And he made some real good magic with them, I feel. And I'm personally ready to start talking about them. Um, but all I can say is, yes, uh, David and Marissa, you did a damn good job making this morning glory shine. <laughs> in the sunlight. I think when you were talking about how the, the script didn't have any like knockout one-liners, it didn't need it. Like honestly, you know me. I, I don't think yeah. And I'm not a fan of slice of life anime. I am a fan of romance anime. And I'm not gonna front, y'all know I like the stupid cheesy pickup lines. I don't think this anime needed it. Like it's so uh, no, yeah. Yeah, it it didn't need to be over the top. It didn't need to have like it just needed to be like Sorry, authentic. I, so 
Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't want it to sound like that was a negative. No, of no, me no. I was just agreeing. There wasn't a lot you. of flashy lines. Okay. Yeah, okay. it just was. It seemed very authentic. Yeah, no. I, I think the, the dialogue is very, like, genuine and poignant when it really needs to be. And I think that's what it needed to be. It's very fluffy. Oh, boy, <laughs> is it fluffy. Fluffy. It's very fluffy. It's fluffy in regards to those cakes, in regards to those flowers, in regards to that freaking bed of theirs, where that bed was like five seconds away from seeing some major action. And they floated on the bed for a minute. Also, those are the fluffiest goddamn clouds I've seen in an anime in a while. <laughs> mofu, mofu. Fua, fua. Anyways, yes, I believe I am now ready to move away from the directors to the ladies being directed. First, I don't know where I, where I was going with that, fuck, okay. First, let's talk about the seemingly, I, I was gonna say the straight one but honestly it's hard to say with this, this girl she could go anyway anyway she could be into nothing she could be into everything who knows let's talk about mikawa mikawa is uh yamada's close friend and classmate that she met in high school and her role throughout the series in both the manga and in the ova is that she is basically the supportive bestie she's a little bit of a goof sometimes Sometimes she's a little eccentric, but as it kind of shows, she's really there just to make sure her friend's doing okay. She's a little more intuitive than you think she is, but she's really she's really kind, she's sweet, and she's totally cool with two girls getting it on. Good for you, Mikawa. More girls should be like you. Also, she's pretty cute with the glasses, not gonna lie. So this is not a dating service. This is a dub talk. Are you kidding me? <laughs> three, three, three couples can uh, not, not attest to that statement. All I'm gonna say is, you know what? Fair enough. Which, by the way, I'm gonna text her see how she's doing. She's been having a sore stomach lately. I know, poor Steffi. Feel bad. Feel bad, sweetie. Meanwhile, I present angry gay noises from Zenith. Mm. You'll, you could do it, girl. I believe in you. Anyways, uh, so we should actually talk mm. about uh, Mikawa and who plays her. I wanted to mention that this is a sort of not Houston-based cast in particular, but this is the most interesting one, I think, because this is her first Sentai Filmworks production, as far as I'm aware. Is it really? Uh, I believe it was, yes. Mm. Uh, Mikawa is played by one... Afia Yu. Afia Yu, you might know her from such anime at playing characters like Tamako Arai from Barakamon, Ryo Nakamura from Assassination Classroom, Yo Watanabe from Love Live Sunshine, Yuzuki Kuribayashi from Selector Infected We Cross, and Victorique DeBlas from Gozik. So. Gigi, the floor is yours. Oh boy, I'm gonna do a tap dance. Just kidding, I won't put you through that. Although I did take tap for six years. There's your weird fact of the podcast. Um, I uh, honestly, for G weird Gigi facts, I expected something a little more spicier. That was like a four. Uh, I took ballet for three. 
Ah, I see what you did. <laughs> um, so the very first line out of Mikawa's mouth, I didn't recognize Afia Yu, which is weird for me because usually I can pick out Afia Yu from anywhere. So at first I was like, who is this? And then second line of dialogue, I was like, oh, I know who this is. Okay. Um, please keep in mind, I don't normally watch a lot of dubs that Afia Yu is in. Um, but from the ones that I have seen, this voice sounded more animated than I'm used to. Um, but it still had a bit of that spunky, kind of snarky kind of thing that I that I am used to from her performances. Um, I thought it was really good. I was I was feeling it like she was seemed very supportive of uh, Yamada. And I was like, this is a good BFF. This is how all BFF should be helping their friends take selfies in front of weird monuments and picking out souvenirs and stuff and I was like this is really good I was very I was very happy and pleased with it in the fua fua mofu mofuness of the kase san in the morning glory she is totally the type of bestie that would totally like light something on fire in case somebody made her bestie sad or cry exactly <laughs> It's basically, oh, you made my girl cry. Okay, uh, time for bitches to die tonight. Yeah, but no, this is the um, Fua Fua anime. There's no, there's no bitches dying in this. It's everything is nice and fluffy and good. Get your halo I mean, on, Andrew. It, I know you gotta polish it and make sure it's straight and stuff. But jeez. Ah. Look, I, I know this series. I'm not going to make it straight and stuff. The author doesn't want to make it straight. God damn the author it! doesn't even want... <laughs> Look. There is Gigi. no straight involved in this entire show. I'm not straight. I literally cannot walk in a straight line to save my life. So, you know. It's literal. This series is so gay. The author literally does not want to draw men. Okay, let me explain what I mean by that. The anime changes it a little where you really never actually see any guys' faces. But when guys are drawn in the manga, they have what I can only describe as weird emoji faces. Speaking of boys in this anime, uh, David Wald plays the uh, pilot who's flying the plane. You're welcome. So what you're saying is David Wald is taking them to the Mile High Club. And as we all know, Chris Weekamp is the plane. <laughs> I don't even get that one. It's man. funny, on. though. <laughs> Anyways, off you, you. Uh, so, you liked it, right? Yes. I'm glad. Zenith, what'd you think? I highly enjoyed the performance. I think it was very energetic. I, I loved the inflection but I think uh, what I liked the most about it was the subtlety, especially because she's supposed to know a lot more than she's letting on, and that really came through in the performance. Especially during the lunch scene bit, in which she's watching her, and just the inflections really sold it. She also felt really bad about drinking most of the juice. She's like, damn it, I almost had a poignant moment, and now I'm out of juice. The comedic timing on her was very nice, I have to admit. Ugh. I I think, like, the genuinely, like, funniest thing in this OVA is just the fact that she is... She is not having this plane at all. She is dying. She's gonna be sick. She's gonna throw up. She is gloomy as all can be. 
And then and then Yamina takes a picture, and she's all like cheery to he Instagram mode. I, I love that. Like that 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 uh, that scene was priceless, especially when like she tries to take a, a candid of the of the two lovebirds, and it ends up being super super cute. And then she goes to right back to drinking her pineapple juice and be like, "I am alive again." Also, as a, as a as some manga information, I have Instagram is real in this series. It's called Instagram. And uh, let me load up my my uh, PS my my BS4. I I know this because one of the color pages for Volume Five is straight up Kase's Instagram page. Instagram. It's the <laughs> She gets very antsy throughout the series, if you know what I mean. <sighs> Sounds like me. And then, and then, <laughs> then you have your PlayStation pasta. Play. It wouldn't be PlayStation. It would be. It would be Slayplation. It's the Slayplation pasta. Slay queens. Slayplation Q. Oh my God, Andrew, what did you think about Afia U? <laughs> you know what? Fair. Uh, I thought she was really, really good. Afia has a very distinct voice when you get to hear her do stuff. She could do a lot of different types of characters. She could play a lot of deadpans. She could play a lot of bubbly buddies. She could play a lot of brats. She could play a lot of cutie pies. Um, Mikawa is kind of like a bubbly cutie pie dork. That is the only way I can describe her. Like, I, I love her delivery of, like, when she's like, Yeah! I'm so freaking hyped! And then she's on a plane and she's just dying. Like, everything sucks. She's going to die. She is miserable. And then she's, like, all all Instagram mode. is like, Oh, God, why'd you take my picture? Oh, my gosh. You're such a girl. But then... <laughs> the, the reason, like, you see, she can be kind of goofy sometimes. But you also see that... She's goofy because she really ca she sees her friends really down. She's down in the dumps because she's trying to give her girlfriend some lunch and her girlfriend's too hot and tracks all the other girls. So she's like fearing that she's insecure and not good enough and that people will deserve to be with her more than her. And Mikawa's just trying to cheer her up and get her mind off of it. And she sees that like, yeah, you're really happy because of her. You're really happy being with her. It's a strange thing to have. I don't know if I'm ever going to feel like that emotional connection to anybody, but I see she makes you happy. And I'm happy for you. And I think you're going to be okay. And it's like, that's a really like poignant, touching scene. And I think Afia does a great job with the delivery on that. She's like really funny and kooky, but she's sincere. And I think that's what makes Mikawa... Mikawa a very interesting and very good friend to uh, Yamada Yui. And she's just, yeah. Afia's first uh, gig at uh, Sentai. It's a very good one. I think she made a very good impression. It is not her last one, though, because she actually pops up in Food Wars The Third Plate, believe it or not. It's like the Fun complete opposite from this series. <laughs> Oh, I know which character she plays, too, and I saw that, and I had a little chuckle. I'm like, oh, boy, Food Wars is... A Food Wars is a series. Food Wars <laughs> is a series. Food Wars is an experience. 
All I'm going to say is, if you're a fan of the Food Wars anime and you want to watch season five, you don't have to. You could, you could, you could very easily ignore season five and be content with your life. Ah, uh, that's my own personal rant. Anyways, Avia Yu's Mikau was great, and I enjoyed her. So, we're here to talk about some precious, adorable disaster lesbians. Of the two, let's... You rang? <laughs> uh, no, no, Zenif, we're talking with you, not about you. But I am all disaster lesbian. <laughs> okay, let's review Zenith, Zenith's voice. With? It's very good. She's doing, a, she's doing a great job. I'm very proud of her, and I wish her best of luck in her, pros, in her future prospects. Inhuman anime girl noises. 10 out of 10. Hashtag I'm single. (laughs) She's single, ladies and gents. But you know who isn't single? Who's anything but single? Tomoka Kase, a.k.a. the titular Kase-san of the series. I see what you did there. Thank you. She (laughs) is a star track and field athlete. She's sporty. She's muscular, she's tan, she's got a bob cut, she's handsome, every girl wants to be her or be with her. Or both. But she's got her sights set on a really cute horticulture girl that she hopes someday will did, look wait, up wait, and Wait, wait, did you her. say horny culture girl? No, it's literally called horticulture. Uh, horticulture. Horticulture, not horty. (laughs) Is that how you say it? Okay. Yes, horticulture. Horticulture. That makes a lot more sense because the way. Welcome to horny culture, everybody. You can't make fun of me for not knowing what NTR is anymore after this. (laughs) Look, I knew what horticulture was. I just didn't know how to say it. And yes, you know what? Tomoka Kase is goddamn horny culture. Let's talk about her. <laughs> I love her. Because she's she's hot, she's handsome, she's got a goddamn adorable girlfriend, and she's an adorable muscular disaster who can rock it any day. Let's talk about who plays her. Would we, Gigi, would you like to talk about who plays her? It's Morgan Berry! I love Morgan, her! B- Morgan Berry. Barry is playing Kase-san in Kase-san and Morning Glories. You might know Morgan Barry for such characters as Yoshiko Tsushima, a.k.a. Yohane the Fallen Angel from Love Live Sunshine, Charlie from One Piece, Rindo Kobayashi from Food Wars the Third Plate, Weiss Winter Prison from Magical Girl Racing Project, and Tokaku Azuma from Riddle Story of Devil. My heart, it beats only for Morgan Berry. I get the feeling that you're a fan of this actress, I love her. She is great in everything that she does. Ugh, she's so good. Oof, yeah, if y'all haven't listened to Dub Dog in a hot minute, or ever, I love Morgan Berry. She's fantastic in everything. Do you want me to talk about my my gush fest that I have right now? Gigi, I'd... 
Okay, I need to I need to not say what I was going I to say. I know exactly what you're going to say, so I'm just going to keep talking so that you don't. So <laughs> Yes, please and thank you. You're See, you're catching on to me. You're catching on to me. I mean, we haven't seen each other in like what, 9 months. So <laughs> It it's been a while. It's, I miss you, girl. It's been a hot minute. I miss you, boo. Um It's been one week since you looked at me. <laughs> So Morgan Berry as Kase, perfect, 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 perfect casting. Um, Y'all, I love Morgan Berry, absolutely anything that she does. Um, And this is one of her best, like, oh my God, I can't get over how authentic and how just like I wanted I wanted to love Kase because like Kase is the type that I go for. But when I heard Morgan Berry's voice come out of her mouth, I was like, oh, my God, I love her even more. This is amazing. Um, She plays her so smitten with Yamada. It's so adorable because Kase is kind of a tomboy. So she gets like the tomboy um, attitude down but then when she's with Yamada it like totally flips and she's like this silly little schoolgirl in complete and utter love and it just oh god it makes me so happy I was like smiling the whole way through it um she plays Kase a little bit girlier than her type which is great because she kind of is like she can't be a tomboy all the time like she's going through a first love just as much as Yamada you know little sugar Yamada is and she's experiencing the same emotions and the same fears and the same mistakes and doki doki feels and you can hear it in the voice and it just oh it's friggin perfect like I fall in love with Kase oh my god like everyone falls in love with Kase. It's when you play a character like that, just like um, Haruka in Sailor Moon, Sailor Uranus, like you have to put the charisma in your voice so that absolutely everybody falls in love with you. And I think she does a perfect job doing that in this anime. You, you got to work hard to keep the bravado act and walk the walk like you are the hottest person in the room and everybody knows. But it. it has to be effortless, though. Like, you can't be cocky about it. You're just like, hey, I'm here. No, that. And then everybody loves that's you. That's totally the thing. Yeah. That's the thing about Kase is that she's not really arrogant. She's just kind of like a sweetheart who's just doing her best and tr- giving her 110%. The facade just kind of breaks when she finds somebody. She's like, oh, no. Dang, she cute. <laughs> now I am a puddle of goo. Oh, no. She's hot. Where? <laughs> In human anime girl noises. <laughs> I'm done now. I'm going to go drink some water because I'm feeling slightly thirsty. Zenith, why don't you talk about the lovely Kase, please? Well, I'm also thirsty, but you know, not in that way. In a different yeah. kind of thirsty. But pretty sure it's the same yours... kind of thirsty. <laughs> um, I, I have nothing bad to say about this casting choice. I think this was perfect. Granted, this is my second favorite casting choice, and we'll get to the first in a minute. But I think the thing that I like about it is her range. Her vocal range is wonderful because. You get you do get the tomboyishness, 
especially when she's off training and, and when she hits herself in, on the bed. But you also get a lot of the girlish squee and feminine aspects. But the thing that really sold me on her was when she was on the roof with her with her love and she 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 was basically she was trying to say to her love that you're not the that I'm not the awesome one you are and she's just like I've been watching you up on this roof for years now I'm kind of like a stalker and she manages to sell it and 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 just make her girlfriend feels so much better. It's like, I've been watching you, not the other way around. You're the awesome one. You're dedicated. You're so damn cute. And it's true. And I, I love the inflection that she gives to these lines, especially when she's about to leave. And she's like, you know what? You keep saying that I'm the awesome one, but you are. You're the awesome one. And it's just, mm, I, I love the way she does it. Uh... So, I'll say, some of my opinions are... Hmm. How would I actually begin with discussing my discussion of Morgan Berry as Tomika Kase? Well, since this has been recorded well after the fact that the uh, 2019 W Rewards... Rewards? The W Awards were recorded... Uh, I can confirm and say that Morgan Berry as Kase straight up won my best female actress in a drama award. Yay! It was actually... So I really, really liked this performance. It was also really close to, like, real close second to that was Amberly Connors in Kona Oto Tom Tomare, which, by the way, y'all are sleeping on Kona Oto Tomare. Stop sleeping on it. It's really fucking good. But I, I, I gave it to Morgan because... This movie is an hour long, and she conveyed a lot in Kase. She conveyed the sort of effortlessness, like, hottest person in the room that Gigi was talking about. She conveys the cool tomboy kid, but also the dorky disaster lesbian, the suave, sexy kind of aroused like girl that's trying to make a move the flustered dorky person and also the strongly insecure fearful everything's going to fall apart because when i when i first watched the dub of this the scene that originally impressed me the most was as you're saying when she's watching her on the rooftop and she's talking about how i was always looking down at you the girl tending to the garden always thinking how wonderful you were wondering when you were gonna look behind and see that i was here the whole time and you can see that okay no that's not correction i shouldn't be using taylor swift for this one ew no i should no here's the song i should be using she was a girl she was a girl they're gonna make out because they're lesbians. There you go. There we go. Much better reference. She said she's a gardener. She said, I may I'll see you later, girl. <laughs> anyway, something like that. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Anyways. No. I, like, the scene on the rooftop was one I really liked a lot. As well as, like, when she's talking about, like, her... Uh, 
thing, her track meet on the plane, but the one that really got me watching it this time around was... There's a scene where basically, uh, as we were talking about earlier, they're in a bathhouse, and yeah. she straight up, she changes, and she gets naked in front of Yamada, which is basically for Kase, the sporty girl who has basically seen every single naked teammate on her track team, and it's just like, oh, cool, what up, girl? For Yamada, it's an extremely different feeling where this is somebody she has a emotional, romantic, and potentially sexual attraction to and she sees her body for the first time and she's both flustered and also extremely insecure about the fact about that fact and Yamada kind of ghosts her kind of ghosts her on text and it's extremely awkward when they're doing their thing for the next day um and she just pulls her aside away from the tr from the trip to basically go to a beach and just basically she, she's she's scared and like I think I see exactly where this is going you're breaking up with me right now that's exactly what's happening it's like you the idea of you could be friends with somebody but once you see them in their entirety if they don't look the way you want them to they can become distance and that and she's basically afraid she says that and she's like this that's what's gonna happen you've seen all of me you've seen what I am you don't like what you see and this isn't gonna work. And I'm ready. And I'm terrified. And then Kase start. And then Yamada starts crying. And it's just like, no, I saw you. You look so hot. And I, I'm, I'm nothing. And insecure. And it's embarrassing. And I don't think I'm good enough for you. And I didn't know how to talk to you. And you just see, you just see Kase just basically fall over. Her heart basically finally starts beating again. She finally gets to breathe. It's like, oh, thank goodness. And that stuck out to me because as somebody who has had a relationship now, I know those moments where it's like, you think you did the wrong thing. You said the wrong thing. You toppled the right domino in just a way that everything's going to fall apart and they don't want you anymore. And this isn't going to work out anymore. And you start fearing and pleading, praying that every, that please... Please don't do this. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, actually, uh, it's fine. I, I love you anyways. I was embarrassed and didn't know how to say it myself. And then you just have that biggest sigh and breath in the world. It's just like, oh, my God. Oh, God, thank God. And I've been there. And that's why I think... I know Kase... you've been there. <laughs> keep, 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 keep this scene in mind for later because I'm going to have stuff to talk about with it. But, yeah. But, yeah, like... Morgan has this great, like, emotional depth to it. She And also, according to an interview from the Mary Sue, a extreme emotional connection and relation as somebody who was a bit of a gender-fluid tomboy herself, she connected a lot to Kase as well as some past relationships, said there, there was a lot of tears in the booth in particular when recording certain things, and was extremely fond of the end of the OVA where they're on the train together and they're kind of like coming to terms with what they really want to be together in the end. And it's touching and emotional. And yeah, it's just... Morgan really is a perfect fit. I, if da this was in fact David's number one choice, I could see why it was the perfect choice so smart. for this... The perfect choice for this character. I think uh, it was 
fantastic. It's funny, it's emotional, it's touching, it's dorky, it's hot, it's everything, and the kitchen sink. <laughs> Congratulations, Morgan Barry. You did great with this morning sun. You did great making this... Wait, no, 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 wait, wait. I can make this work, hang on. Congratulations, Morgan Barry. You really stuck by her with your sunflower. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, can we talk about my sweet, pure, innocent cinnamon no, roll? No, I was trying to do a thing because she's like a sunflower and the song that Post Malone does in Spider-Verse. I did a, I did a reference. Oh, no, but nobody one. got it. Everybody got it. You just haven't seen good movie, damn Let it. Let me talk about my sweet, pure cinnamon roll. <laughs> I will say before we move on oh. that, Andrew, yes, if I would have watched Kase San in the Morning Glories before the Debbie deadline, Morgan Berry would have won my Debbie for Best Actress in a Drama. Mm. All righty. So, yes, we really like her. And yes, Seneth, it is time. Cinnamon Let's roll. talk about uh, Kase's better half, the precious, adorable little flower girl herself, Yui Yamada. <laughs> She is basically the head of... Oh my god, wow. <laughs> Riyamu, Riyamu, help me, please. Zenith, I'm starting to get the impression that you're a big fan of this character. Would you like to tell us about her? This is my favorite goddamn character in the show. And someone that I relate to a lot because... Here's the thing. She's sweet, she's naive, she's innocent, she's pure, but she has all these insecurities that you don't initially see at first, but they come to the surface. And as the show continues, you you see like, you know, little sprouts come from her hair as symbolism. It's like her... it's a little visual gag that's pretty relevant and I really like it. Mhm. Mm About how she's just like she's someone who's ready to bloom. And, like, her naivete when she thought, like, she just, her, her girlfriend just wanted to kiss her instead of pin her to the bed. Like, there's so many good scenes. And when she's holding the phone and, like, giddy on the bed, I'm just like, oh, you go, girl. But, you know, her insecurities is what really defines her, too. Because she's very, very positive, but she's positive because she feels insecure. Especially to Kase. And it's I, a... I think the third act really, really shows a lot of her character, mm -hmm. and I think the I think the anime and the way the anime does that part of the story really accentuates both her mood and the tone of it. Because there's a lot of like very dimly lit shots, and I adore that like sort of crazy dream sequence where she's having a conversation in her head with Mikawa. The idea that like she's drowning and she can't reach her, and she's moved on with somebody better. And, and when she's crying, I'm like, no, no, come here, baby. I'm going to hug you. It's going to be okay. Come here, baby. Mama, Mama going to make it all better. Mama's you, in it. My pre precious cinnamon roll needs to be protected. You go get your kase. She needs to plant the seeds and make it bloom into something beautiful. You need so a timeout for that one. <laughs> Wait, what? You need a timeout for that pun. Oh, for the pun. I, see, I thought you thought I was making a dirty joke. I'm like, no, I, be, I was doing a plant thing because she's a plant girl. 
and flowers, seeds, blue. At least you didn't say she was baby nut, because then I would hurt you. No! <laughs> Zenith, how fucking dare you? I thought we were friends. I am better. <laughs> I am so much better than that to resort to making references to a goddamn <laughs> shitty corporate fucking forced meme thing that's stupid and weird and tryhardy and creepy and everybody's like oh this is finally going to beat baby yoda no i'd break that fucking thing and feed it to yoda god fucking damn it that thing sucks wow that that was a that was anyway a my precious cinnamon roll is wonderful and i want to talk about her voice actress who plays her i had a bunch I had a much more deep-seated hatred for Baby Nut than I thought. Anyways. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Get the fuck out with your fucking nut puns. Anyways. So, <laughs> you need... You need... Yamada is a very interesting character, and you need a very well-trained gardener to really make her sprout into her own. So, who... Who did Mr. Wald put in charge of the gardening committee for Kase-san and Morning Glories, Yui Yamada? That is none other than the adorable, precious Bryn April. And on that note, she is my choice, even though I missed the 2019 dubbies because I was dying. She is my choice for the best female performance of 2019. I know that Kase... With Morgan Berry did a fantastic job, but I love this. This is a complex character that's very oh, hard to pull Zed? off. Zed? Yes? I'll get to that in a second. I will let you speak first, but first I would like to introduce Bryn's line of work first. Okay. <laughs> I'll give it to you in a second, believe me. I just wanted to properly finish the introduction. So, Brit April has played such characters in the past, like Nasuko Aki from Cutie Honey Universe, Himiko Momoko. Momo, oh, goddammit, how do I say this right? Himiko, Himiko Momokino from Citrus. Gigi, if you need a reminder, she's the twin tailed lesbian. I don't think Sugumi I got that far. Did you? Anyways. Uh, she was on, like, the student council with her. Oh, I did. Uh, okay, never Sugumi... mind. Sugumi Haridori from Soul Eater Not, Nene Sakura from New Game, and her most famous totally lesbian character, Crystal Lens, a.k.a. Historia Rice from Attack on Titan. They're lesbians, Isayama. I will hear none of it. Don't spoil it. I haven't finished it yet. What's what's a titan? I don't understand. Anyway, don't worry. Any, about it. Anyway, my precious. Zedith, the floor the floor is yours. Okay, okay. I love how well she does this performance simply because it's complex character. It's it's hard showing a character who's as bubbly and pure and innocent as she is, while also showing the hints of her insecurities and then diving deep into them without making her seem. Like, she's always wallowing in her self-despair. It just, she did a fantastic job. And the scene that really sells it is the scene that you talked about with Kase, but on her end. When she's, you know, she sees her changing and she goes through all these different emotions, but then later she tries to, 
answer the text, but she can't, and she can't sleep. And the way it's conveyed via the actress is is just really well done. And then the confession that I just didn't feel like I was good enough for you. It, all her insecurities spill out in that one moment. And I, I legit cried. I cried for this show so many times for this performance. And I, I think she deserves special attention because she's still keeping the same voice, the same vocal tone, but she has such nuance and subtlety behind it. And, you know, when she realizes, oh, this garden is empty because Kase's not here and she's running towards her lesbian love, I, she sells every goddamn second and I love it. Do you think I'm she done. bought a ticket? Do you think she bought a ticket for that? Or she just, like, literally, like, ran past, like, the the ticket booth. It's like, too late! Need to do it for love! Bye! Lesbians don't need a ticket to ride. <laughs> don't you know this? Oh. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> they don't need a ticket to ride. They just go ahead and strap on in there. They, they just go oh. ahead and pin each other to the bed. <laughs> they just pin each other to the bed. And he, here's another thing that I just adore about this entire thing is her reaction when she was pinned down to the bed. And, like, all she's thinking about is, like, oh, my God, she smells really nice. Like, her naivete and her innocence and just the way she views everything. But the fact that she's, she's just falling even further in love with this girl and... Again, it's conveyed brilliantly. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Ah, oh, okay. Ah, oh, there's so many. Mm. She's too pure for this world. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you, Zenith. So you, so you really like Bryn, is what I'm getting. No. What gave you that idea? I don't know. I just... I, I had a hunch. I had a hunch. <laughs> You had the kernel of an idea. I swear to God, if you're bringing this back to baby, not I'm gonna turn this whole fucking thing around. I'm going to throw an entire thing of fucking peanuts at you, and I will say shame, shame the nut slut. Kernels popcorn, yeah. you idiot. Kernels don't have anything to oh. do with peanuts. <laughs> you go to the corner. I'm very embarrassed. <laughs> you leave this in. You leave all of this into the edit. No, I edit some of it out. You know what? Fair. Fine. I'm sorry that I called you a nut slut, Zen. That was very inappropriate. Nuts are just no. I'm all about the girls. You're all about the lemongrass and the morning glories and the cher the taste and smell of cherry blossoms. Gigi, I'm sorry. <laughs> please, please talk about it. I, I don't know where I am anymore. Christ. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I was going to make a joke, and then I just lost it, because this is my life. Um. So, Bryn April playing Yamada. Um, okay, this is what I wrote. Oh, my God. Could she get any cuter? Y'all know Bryn April is like queen of the cute girl voices. 
Anyone who has seen my, f or seen, my, like, I can't even talk. Anyone who has seen First Love Monster, which is basically me, Noah, and Megan, can tell you oh she, like, was the cutest girl ever in that show. She can do no wrong when it comes to innocent girl voices. And here is no exception. Um, Yamada was all sweetness and light and innocence. And she's in love. She's giddy. She's so happy. The performance just makes me smile. Like, I don't think I've stopped smiling other than to yell at Andrew throughout this whole podcast because we're talking about this anime. But I kind of deserve it, too. And <laughs> on honestly, I'm, smi I'm smiling at getting yelled at and embarrassed. It's great. Oh, God. I just, I. This entire podcast is just me squeeing over the show. So It's very cute. Um, I do agree, like, one of her best parts that she had was what everybody said already, and then on the train, and then when she's on the bed, and I just can't get over <laughs> the fact that she's, like, about to make out with Kase, and she's thinking about lemongrass, and I'm just like, oh, that's yo, that's a Yamada thing to say. It's literally, like, Kase is basically about to, like, rip things off at this point, and she's like... Damn, what the fuck that smell, though? I can't get off until I know. Well, she's a horticulturist. That's why. I just made no, that... No, she's a horny culturist. Ka Ka Kase was going to introduce her to the horny culture club. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you really want to hurt me? Uh, Do you really want to make me cry? I want to know... Neither of you go get that reference. Yes, I want to make you cry because she has a whole over 100 plus roles. And the first thing you think of is first love monster. It's my favorite. Why you got to be like that? I just want to know what happened the second time they were in that room. Because I want to know if they used the lemongrass. I really loved Burn April here. She, uh, she, honestly, anytime she plays a cute girl, she can do no wrong. And this was no exception. And this cute girl had a lot of depth and she had a lot of cuteness and sweetness and light and a lot of cute inhuman anime girl noises and little sprouts coming out of her head. Yay! Yep. I'm done. Thank you, Zen. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, Brit April. Brit April is, she can play adorable, precious little cinnamon beans and holy fucking shit. Yamada is a precious, adorable Cinnabine. But she's also very interesting. She's very complex. She's got those insecurities, those doubts, those things that she's not good enough. She could be a squealing, adorable, dorkable, love-struck fool. She can doubt herself. She could be doubtful, fearful, think she's not good enough. She could cry. She could be sad. She could be upset. She puts others before herself. Brit April is an extremely capable actress. Like, she can do cute, but she can also do really good drama, comedy, and just really sell you on a certain character's charms and, like, specific traits. Like, I've seen characters where she is the sweetest thing ever. I have seen characters where their whole deal is, I am secretly capable of stabbing you, and I will make you know I can stab somebody. I have seen adorable little trolls because literally my favorite Bryn role is Ikari from Interviews with Monster Girl. She is straight up my child and I love her and I will guard her with my life. Followed secondly by Nene Sakura from New Game, which by the way, Zed, I can now tell you to watch the dub. It's finally on Crunchyroll again. 
I need to watch New Game, especially because lesbians and girls not wearing uh, pants, which is it's all good. It's all good. It's, I, I was going to say, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. I was like, it's a relatively PG-13, all considered. They don't wear pants, and I'm all, I'm happy with that. That's all okay. I'm going to say. Anyways, I'm getting off track. Uh, no, Brit's fantastic as Yuyamina. She's also, I also just love some of her delivery sometimes when she's just, when she's basically like realizes Kase's in a room and she starts just getting giddy and like holding herself. Oh shit, this is happening. Ah, oh, my girl's over. This is great. It's awesome. And then also when she gets like scared by Mikawa and she's kind of busting her chops. She's like, you scared me. Thanks. And she's also just getting very emotional. I think also my favorite like goofy delivery of hers is after like, her head, she sees uh, Kase like naked, and she, her head's just getting all flustered and hot. She's like, I think I'll take my bath in the room. It's just all floaty and like, oh god. <laughs> no, but she really sells it in the third act of this, where she is having those doubts, those dreams of fear that she's going to leave, that she's like settling for being local while Kase wants to dream of Tokyo and she's like I she's thinking god what would happen if we separated I don't want to be separated from her because my, my garden my garden is empty my garden is so very barren without the woman I love and you see her like charge for her put herself you see the true sides of her what she really wants what she really can do because she's a little naive, but she's not stupid. She just doesn't know what she what to do for the people she cares for and what she will herself do. And when she takes initiative and runs to her, and they have that touching scene at the end where they're talking about the hidden meaning of what morning glories can stand for and how it's an everlasting love. And it's just... God, Bran is so goddamn good as Yui Yamada. It's great. And you know what else is great? Kase-san and Morning Glories and this dub. Let's talk about it in our final thoughts. GG. Do-do-do. Well, y'all heard me talk about Love Stage Until the Cows Came Home, which is a very comparable anime to Kase-san and Morning Glories. Like I said with Love Stage, I believe that Kase-san and Morning Glories is also a labor of love for everyone involved in the English dubbing production and cast. Um, you could tell just by the tones of the voices, the way that the words were carefully chosen in the script, and the way that our good buddy DW directed all of his actresses. Um, I really loved everything about it. I can't say one negative thing about it, which is a treat, because usually I'm the one who always says negative things about everything, because, you know... That's who I am. But no, this was pure and sweet and a treasure. I think you should all go watch it on High Dive. If you have a High Dive subscription, you can watch it for free. Or you can also buy it, which I will be doing as soon as Sentai has another sale. So, um, It's it's goddamn cheap, whatever price it is. It was like as... 15 bucks the last time I saw it on sale. And I was like... I didn't know how long it was at that time. Like I thought it was a little bit longer than an hour. And I was like, okay, like 15 bucks is a good price for it. And then I'm like, okay. Then it went up back to like 30 again. And I was like, this is me shopping guys. 
I mean, but like I paid 60 bucks for the first print run of Love Stage, so I can't say anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy I it. Actually- <laughs> When yeah. I when I actually have income, in in in, uh, it's a long story we're not going to get into here. But when I actually have income, I will buy it. I I promise, and I will review it on my show, along with uh, along with Bloom into You. Um, this show is is wonderful. This show is something that I knew I was going to love. The moment like the moment I laid eyes on it. I, I was I was doing slight live tweeting in in the chat and I was like oh my god they're disaster lesbians I love this I I, I knew as soon as like I was getting a group for this I knew you had to do something with this <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for getting me even though I've been kind of I I have been in limbo for a while I'm sorry but uh, things are getting better on my end hopefully knock on wood. Yeah, that's that's wood. I hope. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's wood. I hope is a very very ominous statement. I'll, not gonna I'll, lie. I'll take one for the team. I'll tell you if it's wood or not, guys. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Gigi. Please let us know how hard that wood is. As your token straight. Um, Wait, I forgot any... Andrew's straight too. As, as your token lesbian, as your token lesbian. I love this show. I think it's wonderful. As much as I love Bloom Into You, I love this. And there's different qualities that Bloom Into You has. Um, but I think what this does is is more the innocence of love as it's first starting. And um, it's just, it is so damn good. The dub is wonderful. Go watch it. Go, go, go. What are you doing listening to this podcast? Go watch it. No, no, no. Tell them to finish watching it if they're this far, at least. Okay. Okay, fine. Anyways, for my final thoughts, Kasei-san is a Yuri series I'm a huge, huge fan of in terms of the manga. I had really wanted to see this anime. I got to see it, and then I was sad that it was never getting a dub because Pony Candy in the USA was still a thing at that point. And now they basically have gone back to what they were originally and sub-licensing things to other companies. So, Kasei-san got an English dub. I was happy as can be, and I am extremely satisfied with the final product. I think uh, Afia was great, but the true stars of both Morgan Berry and uh, Bryn April in this dub, alongside the work of the wonderful uh, David Wald. No, I will not call him DW because I just think back to Arthur, and I I can't I can't see David Wald voicing Arthur's sister. That, what I just what, what about Darkwing Duck? Let's get dangerous, David Wall. Yeah, let's DW. Get, let's get dangerous. Yeah, when there's trouble, you call DW. He's our rainbow overlord, Mister Captain Hardpants, and the Dilf Whisperer himself. His pants were very hard during this dub. Okay, Gigi, you did amazing with that. <laughs> Zenith, that was terrible. You should feel bad. Go sit in the corner now. Everyone gets one. Everybody gets one. And I will say, <laughs> this is a wonderful show. It is... Everything about the anime production of this is a true passion of love. And I can tell the people they got together to work on this really did put their all into the production. There's some really articulate points of, like, character animation like 
the gif of her freaking out on the bed is adorable and there's so much character put into that there's wonderful shot compositions of the flowers and the colors and the imagery the direction the it, it's very impeccably passionate i would also say that this is a if you like this story and you want to see more of the characters i will also fully recommend the official manga release to you as well courtesy of seven seas entertainment uh the original kase-san series has like five volumes in particular the first one of course is called kase-san and morning glories followed by kase-san and bento kase-san and shortcake kase-san and apron and kase-san and cherry blossoms so the initial series of the manga, there's a lot of different short stories, chapters about these two before they get together, after they get together, and basically all the way up until them getting into college. And literally just released this month, Kase-san and, Ch Kase and Yamada is about them in college. So if you want to see more of these two precious disaster lesbians and would like to read their adventures and support the official release, you can read it from Seven Seas Entertainment. But if you would like to watch the anime and support the official release of the anime, uh, it is now streaming over on High Dive. It is very cheap and reasonable to do and watch things on High Dive. Or you could go buy the Blu-ray, which, as we've talked about before, for what you're getting is stupid cheap usually. And especially if you get a good Sentai sale, this thing could be like way under $20, and getting this for less than $20 is frankly kind of a steal at that point. So, look, legitimately, this shit's relatively cheap as far as Blu-ray releases go. It's worth your time. It's worth your money. You can also check out the original uh, music video, actually, that is kind of like the origin to this anime production project. Just look up Kase-san music video on YouTube. It's like five or six minutes. You should be able to find it relatively easy. And with that... Those are the places to support the official release of Kase-san and Morning Glories. Go watch it. It's very good. I like it a lot. And while we're giving giving props, I'd like to give props to our lovely Dub Talk patrons, including, but not limited to, Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, Miraculous Corazon, Nico Robin, but with Yaoi hands, Carly Lestikow, J2, a.k.a. Jared, Marissa Lenti, we might have talked about her tonight. We be, and the person to thank for tonight's patron pick episode, Jacob Wilson. Thank you very much, buddy. It was a pleasure getting to talk about this show in particular. Thank you, boo. If you would like to follow us, we are the Dub Talk Podcast. You can find us over on YouTube at Dub Talk Podcast, or you can now listen to us on the go in audio form as we have an RSS feed over on Podbean. If you'd like to follow our social account, we most often post on the Dub Talk Podcast Twitter. We also now have a Patreon if you would like to support us, get some little behind the scenes, early previews of things, some news updates, and all that, or a Kofi if you'd like to just give us a little bit of a tip and all that. Now, as for you, lovely people, where can everybody on the internet go find you? 
My name is Gigi. You can find me over at YouTube and Twitter at Anime Palooza, where I do unboxings. I'm back now. I know. I talk about Udapri Shining Live. I also have two of my own podcasts called the Shoujo Trash Showdown and the Anime R&R Podcast. Both should be making their triumphant return in March. And yeah, come stalk me. We'll talk about boys and David Wald and Marissa Lenti and Morgan Berry. And we can jump up and down and make Riyamu noises together. It'll be great. If you don't know who Riyamu is, okay, now that, I don't that, Okay, now that sounds a little too 18 plus now what? about jumping up and down and making... You said jumping up and down and making noises. Riyamu noises. Wah? It's a Riyamu... You don't know who Riyamu is. It's fine. Riyamu is, is that, that girl. one? Is that that one pink-haired girl with, like, the skull shirt? Yes. <laughs> I, love I actually her. know exactly what sound you're talking about. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> angry gay noises. Speaking of angry gay noises, Zedif. <laughs> Where can the people find you? That's good. Oh, what a wonderful transition. Hi, I'm Zenith Warrior Princess. You can find me on... Uh, YouTube, I have two channels, uh, Zenith Warrior Gaming and Zenith Warrior Princess. Uh, Zenith Warrior Princess is home to the Bun Squad, where all my legions of cute, fluffy bunnies come out and interact with my videos. I am currently uh, just finished an episode on the first episode of Doctor Who. Go check it out. Um, although there's probably a lot more on there uh, when this episode releases. Anyway, um, or you can follow me on Twitter at ZenithWillRule, and I have a patron at uh, Zenith will review, um, but uh, yeah, go check all the things, all the things. Do quick, it, just do it. Quick question: How do you spell review? R e v i e w. I may, I need to ask that because of Lilac Anime Review being R e v u e. Yeah, um, just want to make sure. So I do a lot of different things. The Bun Squad has anime, movies, video games, uh, Tokusatsu. One Piece, History of One Piece is finally back. There's a lot of stuff, so go check it out. Awesome. As for me, my name is... I realize I've not actually introduced myself, actually. My name is Andrew, <laughs> a.k.a. Classy Spartan. That's who I am, in case you're wondering who this guy that's been talking about his hatred for Baby Nut at some point was. That's who I am. My name's Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan. You can find me over on Twitter at MangaMan9000. I'm a veteran member of the Dub Talk podcast at this point. Going on like four, maybe five years now. It's been a while. It's been a pleasure being on this uh, cruise with you with you beautiful people. As for other things I do, I am another podcast co-host on surreal resolutions anime-based news podcast podcast ona alongside fellow dub talk podcast alumni jet aka divine nega um at the time of this recording we have recently done an episode of my hero academia heroes rising where i got to talk about that movie and yeah Thank you all for tuning in. This was a ton of fun. I was a little worried going into this since it's been a while since I've hosted an episode, but I had a lot of fun talking to you guys. This was great. This was wonderful. This was definitely a lot of fun. Let's do this again next time when I have better income and uh, I'm not dying of, of mysterious asthma disease. Let's all try our best to not die. Thank you very much. Jesus Christ. But yes. I don't want to end on that note. Hang on. Where? With that being said, I'm Zenith Warrior Princess, and just remember. <laughs> oh my god.
All right. <laughs> Can you play the hockey air horn again? Hockey. Just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make the noise. Okay. Good night, everybody. Otaku on, my friends, and always make sure to tend to your garden and make sure it'll bloom into something beautiful. Love your face. Like horny culture. God yes. damn it. Like horny culture. I'm cutting this out. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>